Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at DallasSportsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, did you see the uh, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor press conference today? No, I don't watch that. <laughs> I just want to say, so I had a long day at work today, another 12-hour day. And I just, I don't know, things went wrong. I was pissed off most of the day. Didn't get to see mo- majority of the Mavs game. I got home, and I click on Twitter, and Floyd said, Floyd said, I, w- I don't care if it's a ring, or I don't care if it's an octagon. I would still beat you. <laughs> and that just made my whole day, man, because, Floyd, <laughs> you wouldn't last 30 seconds in an octagon with Connor. Connor would... Talking about a body bag, they would have to pull a stretcher out there for Floyd if he even stepped inside of an <laughs> octagon. So he just needs the slowest. I, I can't stand Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, man. So yeah, full disclosure, <laughs> I don't really, I never watch boxing. I'm just not into the fighting sports. Just not really into them. I like UFC. I just boxing's. You know, I think UFC just is kind of put boxing whatever, but. But isn't the whole idea of Floyd Mayweather is that he kind of just outlasts people and just, like, outscores them, you know, by, like, the judges and never really, like, knocks guys out and doesn't really, like, you know, oh, beat yeah. guys. Well, like, that's the whole thing. That was the whole thing with the, the Pacquiao fight where he just, like, jumped around. There was all those memes where he was, like, dancing around a ring or dancing around things and, you know, like, avoiding stuff. And, like, that wouldn't – he you wouldn't be able to do that in an octagon when you're able to, you know, do, like, kicks and all, you know, all this stuff oh, and my sweep the leg, you know, all what what I would stuff. pay what I would pay to see him step inside of an octagon. So, anyway, that just it was a bad day, and I saw that, and I just started laughing, and I'm like, "Holy crap! I didn't think I could see anything right now that make me laugh, but that did." Anyway, I can't stand Floyd. Anybody that beats women, nah, bro, can't ever root for you. So, yeah, go Connor. No, from the octagon to the rectangle, the Dallas Mavericks played another summer league game. <laughs> You really did that. <laughs> <laughs> and came away victorious. They are 3-0 and now. And I was rightly corrected on Twitter today. Not only are the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks 3-0 and when Dennis Smith Jr. plays, Ooh. but they are 8-0 and when Ding plays. Ding Dynasty. <laughs> because they went 5-0 and in Orlando. And now they're 3-0 in Vegas and he's played every game. <laughs> so I guess so- you could say Brandon Ashley, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I forgot about Ashley. So from, and Motley. So I can't. I got home from work at halftime and turned on the game. I had to do a bunch of stuff, so I didn't get to see majority of the game. So from a, if you're talking to a fan right now on the pod that didn't get to see the game, describe to me what happened tonight. Yeah. So we will we will describe the game. We will also talk about. Uh, the special guests that were there at the game. There was, I was the, it was a bad time for me to leave Vegas. I am back here in Dallas now, and I missed the, missed the game tonight in Dallas. I was able to watch it though on the live stream, and you know everybody was there. <laughs> Literally, all the Mavericks were there. Harrison Barnes is there. Uh, Nerlens Noel was there, and we will definitely get to that. Donnie Nelson was there for the first time. Carlisle was there, obviously. Cuban was still there. JJ Barea was also reportedly in the building. And I have a story about JJ Barea actually that I want to share with you that I'll have to remember to, to share with you. I heard this, just this crazy thing about his team that he's coaching in Puerto Rico. Also our man Stackhouse, Jerry Stackhouse was on the low post podcast this morning. Actually, I know that he recorded it like not yesterday, but the day before if you're listening to this. So he recorded it, I think on a Monday and, uh, and so then he just posted it today. But 
Jerry Stackhouse was on, so we'll talk about. There's a couple interesting Mavericks notes in, in there that I want we want to get to, and then uh, I have a Sodom shame that I will share, and it is a different. It's a different kind of sh- Sodom shame than we have ever done because it's it's just completely different. I think it'll open up a lot of opportunities for the the Sodom shame brand. Oh, I'm ready. So, for people that weren't people like Isaac that weren't able to either to catch the first half or the second half or whatever. Ugh. It was 31 to 31 halftime. It was not great. Halfway through the second quarter, you know, Joel Myers on the broadcast was like, and it's really bad right now. The two teams are shooting 20%. <laughs> and they wow. were, man. Just nobody could hit the broadside of a barn just for forever. And if you look at the final field goal percentages, like from the Mavs starters, like Nico, 30%. Dorian, 14%. Bash, 33%. Yogi, 43%. Dennis Smith Jr., 40%. It's like nobody – Corey Webster, 20%. Ding, 33%. Like Jonathan Motley was 80%, and that was like the highest on the team. And then next next highest was Yogi at 43 So just nobody – like nobody could hit a shot for the Mavericks for forever. And they shot 23% from three. Six of 26. So they missed 23s, which is – Shouldn't allow you to win a basketball game, but they still did. They pulled it off 78-73. So first half, there just really wasn't anything. Dennis should should have had a couple more assists at the beginning because guys like, you know, Nico and Ashley and and Yogi were missing some shots when he was setting them up. But at least he was setting them up, right? Like, at at least we saw him and he was able to set up teammates and and things like that. So at least we saw that. At least we saw that portion of it. But I, I didn't really get a lot out of the first half. Second half, though, you were there. You watched it. So let's talk about it couple of those other things yogi seemed to really like take over again i think he took his bad his bad performance from the last game and, and took it to heart and really wanted to go out there and get after it yeah yo so when i watch i have this like kind of method of how i judge things that that are good on tv it's exactly like america's got talent he sits there with an x and if he doesn't want to watch it anymore he just hits <laughs> the x in his chair <laughs> that is not true this so I use the same grading scale or the same method in TV shows, in movies, and uh, games, whatever. And it kind of happened in summer league. I use this one scale of what do I do during it? What all do I do during the show, movie, basketball game? That kind of determines the level of importance or the level of interest for me. So there's TV shows. I'm like, if somebody asks me about a TV show, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I text through it. You know, or yeah, I'll, right. I'll write, I'll write or something through it or, you know, Game of Thrones comes back Sunday. Like that's my life. I don't do anything like lights are off. Phones are down. Nothing's happening besides eyes on the, sh- on, on the show. So I found myself with the summer league game tonight, partly because I had a long day and I just had crap to do too. But I turned on the game and it's like, man, it's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just like doing other crap while I'm watching and stuff, but but I am super excited for for the season, and I know back full circle. Yogi finished with what twenty something points? Yeah, twenty three. And he, you know, he I, went to the line six times too. Yeah, and I think you, I think you've harked his praises more than I have. I really like Yogi. I do. I think he's a starting point guard in the league. I'm not for sure about that. Um, but you just gotta love his tenacity i mean even at the very last play you know very last play of the game games one and stuff he's still going 100 miles an hour so whether you think that's because that's just who he is i think that's who he is i think it's more of who he is instead of oh we just drafted dennis smith jr i gotta prove to him prove him that you know no bullcrap about that like no i think yeah yogi had a heck of a game that's his role man i mean that's what he's gonna do he's gonna come off the bench he's gonna be a spark plug guy not just offensively, but defensively too. And Yogi Manny is not not leaving. I'm I'm pumped for Yogi, man. <laughs> it's not leaving. It's still a bad name, but it's not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing that that Yogi said after the game, which didn't have anything to do with him, but he was the guy that that Seth Green or uh, dang it, I knew I was going to do that. Jared Greenberg, not Seth Greenberg. Jared Greenberg is the young guy with the beard. Seth Greenberg is the older guy, college basketball analyst that is bald. <laughs> so. Very, very different individuals with the same last name. So Jared Greenberg is, is interviewing Yogi, and he asked him a question about Dennis Smith Jr., which everybody does. And he called Dennis Smith Jr. a good listener, which to me really stuck out. And that's something different that you don't normally hear about a player. And good Lord, just the, the hype and the, the amount of praise that 
people like us, you know, hashtag we the media are giving Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Mike Moore from uh, Hardwood or uh, HP Basketball. He uh, he also writes for CBS. He said, "I have a column coming soon. Most folks talk or um, most talked about prospects from NBA folks here at Summer League. Number one, Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> Number two, Tatum. Number three, Mitchell. Number four, Bam. And it's like." Man, this guy is just getting so much hype and so much good stuff. And I I don't know if there will ever be fatigue on it because, it's you know, right now we're in the hyped up stage and, the, you know, that, that portion. But I wanted to keep doing it <laughs> because, you know, he hasn't given us a reason not to yet. And calling him a good listener, I think, is, is super important because the knock on him was that he wasn't a good teammate and that he wasn't really that coachable, like that he just wasn't, you know. He wanted to do his own thing. He was sort of difficult and all this stuff. And and both of those things, good listeners, not a quality that you would attribute to a guy that had those issues. Yeah, and we talk about the hype about him. I think it was Bill Simmons pod, Bill Simmons' latest mailbag pod. I listened to it today. Oh, he said he had a comment yeah. on there that. Ugh. Wait, he had, he was doing the the mailbag answering questions and one of the questions about rookie of the year and you know, they, him and Tate, you know, as producer, they, they brought up Dennis Smith jr. And they said, you know, it's one of the hardest years to predict whatever winner is going to be. But he was talking about Dennis Smith and he was like, man, he said, if Dallas just unloads him and lets him do his thing. Like he thinks he just, you know, which what we all think anyway. Yeah. And you know, as far as points, like the hype's not going to go away because He's going to be our starting point guard. He's going to get the minutes, right. and he's going to put up the stats. So I don't know, like, the efficiency is what we're going to have to watch. Like, that's – I want to see how efficient it is. And that that was my knock against Westbrook. <laughs> Michael Carter-Williams won the rookie of the year, and he was, like, one of the worst shooters ever. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and Smith's obviously a better shooter than him. But I just want to see, you know – if it's going to be a Westbrook type thing, I don't think it's not, but I don't think it is because we have obviously Barnes, Dirk and all these other people around him too. You know, he's not going to be hoisting up 25 shots a game, but yeah, he definitely has someone to answer to. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I I just want to say, I like the, uh, I know he had a relationship with God, sham God before he came into the league. (laughs) Not, not our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the the actual human being god sham god and uh wait maybe he was maybe that tweet was talking about the gifts and talents that (laughs) that god gives (laughs) maybe it was god sham god it could have been it could have been shame (laughs) hashtag team slanging but yeah they uh they have a a cool bond it looks like yeah it really does so and i think you know carlisle I think it was McMahon's latest piece about Dennis Smith that was really good and that he worked on in Vegas, I guess. But he said something, you know, he, he talked to Carlisle and Carlisle said something along the lines of bringing him up the right way. And yeah, that that's going to be so big here in Dallas. You know, it's not LA. It's not some of these other things. You know, I don't want to harp on your boy like D'Angelo, but you know, it's not going to be like a D'Angelo Russell. Don't call him my boy. (laughs) <laughs> any Laker is your boy. No, you don't like, call him my boy. That's not. And, we and don't need de- to be doing that. And you've defended him before. I will defend him. I think he's, good, anyway, I think he's it, a good basketball player. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be good too. Going to be good. But yeah, it's it's the system here in Dallas. It's going to be really well for for Smith as far as you know. If he has this like mentorship with Sham God, and then you have Carlisle's coach and. You got the veterans around him, and I don't know. There's just – even the vets in the backcourt. I mean, with J.J. and Devin Harris, I got, you know, Devin coming back. I mean, that's going to be huge for him to just yeah. – you can just see it now. I mean, you can just see right now Dennis checking out of a game, coming to the sidelines, and Devin grabbing him, and they're just talking on the bench, doing, like, fake X and O's and all that stuff. Like, I can just picture it perfectly right now, and – that's the stuff. That's the stuff right there that he's going to be brought up the right way in Dallas. Definitely. It's a, it's a good fit for him, and it's probably the best fit. Another thing about that, Bill Simmons, and I listened to that too, uh, they said that they, if they did a draft, like they, they said that to determine rookie of the year, determine you know which 
player was better and which player you should draft, they would do it Monte Carlo style. And what that means is there's this famous pickup game or like practice game that the dream team played the 92 Olympic, you know, NBA, not NBA, but just like American basketball team where it was. Yeah. USA team where it was, you know, Jordan magic bird, uh, uh, who else is like Carl Malone, Stockton, Barkley, uh, Chris Mullen. It's like, like, it's like Hall of Famers, just all Hall of Famers and Christian Leitner. And so they had this pickup game where they didn't let Christian Leitner play. It was just all like all the adults basically were, were playing and they, you know, picked teams and then they played with no cameras and no, you know, coaches or anything like that. They just straight up played. And so there, there was, you know, Bill Simmons was saying like, what if they, you know, the rookies played, Monte Carlo style, and that's how we determine rookie of the year. Determine which you know how we should draft players, like who would, who could show up in that game and who could play. And they were talking about the two the two alpha dogs of the class, and they the first one they said was like Markel Fultz isn't really an alpha dog. They wouldn't pick him to be one of the captains, and it would be Lonzo and Fox, and completely left Dennis Smith out of there. Which, I mean, I guess you know he was a later pick, so. But then they said Dennis Smith Jr. would come in and hijack the game and shoot like 10 times and not pass to anybody and, you know, be this selfish. And they kind of painted him, painted this picture of him as this selfish player. And I think so far through Summer League, and people say calm down at Summer League. I wrote, you know, wrote a piece about that. People saying calm down at Summer League. It means nothing, blah, blah, blah. But at least we're seeing what type of player these guys are. We can see that, you know, Brandon Ashley is a guy that will step out and shoot threes. He shot, you know, he hit two of them today. You can see that he's a guy that, you know, is going to run the floor. We can see that, you know, Nico is a guy that's going to throw up a bunch of threes and can shoot. And, you know, we're, we're just seeing these these kind of guys. We're seeing Ding as, you know, a hustle guy that will, has a nose for the ball to get rebounds. And he, you know, th- just throws really, really good passes. Like, we're just seeing what type of player these guys are. We're just getting a look at them. And Dennis Smith Jr., to me, is not a guy that is just going to, you know, hoist up his own shot all the time and, and be like selfish in that way and hijack a game. And that's, that's one of the big concerns that, that I specifically had is that's the thing that I was hearing that he was a guy that was going to be selfish. that was going to want his own. And he just doesn't seem like that at all to me. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, that was the knock at NC state and that just weird situation and all of that. But I don't know. You, you can only form your opinions based off, you know, some of these people like Draft Express, some of these people that were plugged into the situation or something that knows about what happened to NC State. And I don't know. I mean, now, but it's kind of like a clean slate now. I mean, yeah. You know, a clean slate of let's now from this moment on, now we start to form our opinions. Now we start to have interactions with him face to face. Now all of this stuff. And so. It's at the point now, like pre-draft and on draft night, it was all about what happened before high school, college, all this stuff. Now it's from this point on, like what's going to happen in the future? Because I don't care about that stuff in the past anymore now. Yeah, exactly. It's a clean slate. It's like when you graduate high school and you go to college and you go out of state or somewhere, you know, it's all new people. It's all new stuff. Like you can, I know people told me, people told, you know, I'm sure everybody that like you can be a new person, you know, you can go out there and, and you know, you're creating a, a new first impression. And that's what he's got in the NBA now. Whatever he did in NC State doesn't matter anymore. You know, do we remember what Harrison Barnes did at North Carolina? Yes. <laughs> Not really. Do we remember what, you know, like what Dorian Finney Smith did at Florida? Not really. Like, it's just, it's a new slate. And he, he comes in and it's, you know, now what can you do for me? Now what can you, you know, what can you bring? And so he kind of, he gets a fresh start from all that stuff. And I think he started off really well. I mean, I can't imagine him, besides maybe shooting better, I, and I can't imagine them having a better start, especially, you know, during summer league like this. Yeah, I mean, now we, I mean, I hate this saying, but it m- makes more sense. Like summer league is to like wet your appetite. If that makes sense, like my appetite for basketball, yeah, because like it's not. I mean, or it's my appetite for name dropping. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like to. I mean, it, it's like it's organized, but it's not. I mean, seventy five percent of these guys are not going to see the NBA, so like it's organized ball, and it's it's kind of fun. It's like a glorified pickup game, but you you barely get a glimpse of a style of play of how he's going to play you barely yeah. like you saying well you barely get a glimpse of 
okay, I could see Ding, you know, being this type of player, maybe. You know, you just barely get enough to do you until the season. And you just you, you can't help to see Dennis Smith do his thing in Summer League and then think about, oh, crap, he's going to have Nerlens, you know, fill in the lane. He's yeah. going to have Dirk, Dirk spotting up, you know, trailing behind him. He's going to have... Wesley Matthews sitting in the corner. He's, he's gonna, gonna have, you know, he's gonna have Harrison Barnes to bail him out at the end of shot clock situations. Yeah, so like, I mean, that's the, that's the stuff that you you watch summer league and you're like, man, that was, you know, it's fun watching him. It's even gonna be more fun <laughs> when we see. And I don't, you know, it, talking about from his perspective, you know, he went, you know, he's 19, goes there, goes there. You know, the next time people are gonna see him is at the, you know, every year Dallas throws that fan event. Dallas does that fan event for, you know, the the city of Dallas, and they have their like, I don't know, glorified practice. Are you still there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just uh, you froze on me. Out. Like it was like, you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. You froze, and I was okay. like, holy crap, what happened to you? No, but yeah, like, no, I, I just like stopped. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear you say. You, you just said uh, the next time we see him, blah blah blah. Okay, the next time, you know, fans are going to see him is going to be at that annual, you know, kickoff practice that the Mavericks always throw for the fans. Oh my gosh, I and, totally forgot about that thing. And so, like, you know, it's <laughs> so going to be, you know later on this fall and you know how excited you know we might suck we might be a lottery team again but people are going to come to see dennis smith to see if he's going to throw down some crazy dunks in this practice and all that stuff so i mean it's going to be his world just got crazy but it's going to get even crazier when he start when he makes his appearances in dallas and opening night and just all this stuff because a lot of people are going to be there to see him now yeah, he's he's really taken this roster and taken this team, and he's finally it's finally a guy that you you know would pay to see, you know. Then and we'll talk about this probably all season and all years that Mavericks now have a guy you'll pay to see, and they have two guys. You know, you pay to see Dirk and you'll pay to see Dennis, and those are they You pay to see them for completely different reasons. You see Dirk for the legend. You see Dirk for maybe it, it might be the last time. If you're a guy. You know, like me, before I, you know, was media credentialed and everything, I was able to go to maybe one or two games a season. You know, it just wasn't in the, you know, wasn't in the works for me. Couldn't make it happen. You know, financially and other things like that. If that's where you are, which is where a lot of fans are, you know, you come out to see Dirk because it might be your last time. This might be his last year. But now you have another reason. You come out to see Dennis. You come out to see the dunks. You come out to see how the young guy is, how he's, you know, going to adjust and everything. It's, I mean, super exciting time in Dallas. Oh, yeah. So I heard the if somebody on the fan or ESPN Dallas the other day I was listening to a radio and they were they pretty much said the same thing you just said as far as it's somebody fans will pay to come see and they they said you know no offense to Harrison Barnes but nobody's coming to pay, you know paying to go see him and I'm like man that kind of sucks like <laughs> they was like you know he's boring he's this and that like he you know he's good but he's boring and all this stuff and you know it, it kind of you know, I do realize that because, you know, I worked for a nonprofit last year working with fatherless kids in Dallas. And a lot of times when we were mentoring them and stuff, we'd shoot basketball and play with the kids and stuff. And, of course, they're always getting the ball and shooting it from, like, half court. And be like, Steph Curry. <laughs> and, like, you know, just missing the, goal, missing the goal by, like, 10 feet. And I'm like, man, why don't you shoot, like, a mid-range shot like Harrison Barnes? They're like, who's that? Who's that? I'm like, oh crap, man! Like, yeah. he really is. <laughs> He's that boring, you know. He's like Dallas's best overall player last year, and but yeah, I mean, fans are gonna come see this 19 year old kid that can throw it between his legs, and you know, see if he can poster somebody in the game. Especially if he posters somebody in like you know preseason or like first couple of games of the season, or even in these next like, summer league games. Yeah, I mean, even that. I mean, you just, you see the hype that's grown, you know, from him over the past couple of weeks. You know, especially if he throws down some monster dunks. I mean, I would say there are, you know, a decent amount of, of Mavs fans out there that, you know, probably didn't know much about him. You know, they they knew, okay, we've heard of this Lonzo Ball kid. And, yeah. okay, this Fultz guy, you know, this Fultz guy is supposed to go one. And then they might have heard of Tatum from Duke or something. But, like, you know, NC State sucked. He didn't have some big crazy tournament run. 
you know, he had a couple highlights and stuff during his freshman year as far as, like, beating Duke and a couple crazy dunks. But, you know, I would say a lot of Mass fans didn't have a clue, you know, who Dennis Smith was. It's like, oh, Dallas drafted his uh, point guard. And now the hype is really starting to grow, not just locally, but, but nationally, too. Unless you listen to the Locked On Mavericks podcast, then you knew exactly. <laughs> you knew exactly what was coming. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 All right. So the other the other news about the game tonight is and sometimes summer league games are not – and I wrote this in my piece, it's, calm down, it's just summer league, that sometimes it's not about what's on the court. It's what's around the court. It's about what's going on. It's about the interviews that they do with – you know, they did an interview with, with – uh, Donnie Nelson today in the last game they did one with you know Cuban and Carlisle and so just getting you know there and they also they also did one with Harrison Barnes today so it's like getting you know an idea of what's going on and you know them being able to talk and answer questions because we haven't been able to talk to them since Dennis Smith Jr.'s press conference right like the, that was the last time we were able to talk to them they weren't even available for summer league practice so we haven't heard from them in a while so they come back and and another guy that was there tonight that was kind of a big sign was Nerlens Noel he comes walking in and he sits down, he's sitting next to Carlisle for a lot of the game and, you know, sitting down on, you know, on, on the end of the bench. And how a summer league works is you have the, the, the courtside seats are basically the, the bench. And then you have just about 10 seats to the, the right or the left, depending on what side you are, for extra spots. So that's when, you know, that's where like players and the rest of the coaching staff and, you know, other guys come and sit. Sometimes they'll sit on the opposite side, like when they're in the big arena, when they're in the Thomas and Mack. You know, Cuban and Carlisle would sit, and Seth Curry, when he was there, and Jay Cole, they sat on the the opposite side of, of Corsai, but they were on the side of the bench and sitting there, and Nerlens and Carlisle were on the side with the bench and sitting there talking, and I mean, that's got to be a good sign, right? Coming to see his team, he knows he's going to come back, and everybody's excited, and then all of a sudden, Atlanta signs, you know, Dwayne Dedman and Atlanta's been a dark horse team that we've talked about saying, well, maybe, you know, Atlanta definitely has the space and, you know, maybe they could go after him. Atlanta signs Dedman, which to me personally says that they wouldn't go for Nerlens Noel. Cause why do you sign Dwayne Dedman? Unless you just want to make him a backup, which I guess they could, but you make him a backup. You also have miles Plumley that you're paying like $12 million to a year. And they sort of just did that to get out of the Dwight Howard, the Dwight Howard situation. But you have those two guys who you're paying a lot of money. So you're paying almost $20 million a year to those two guys together. And why would you go after, you know, why would you spend max money and max resources on Nerland's Noel? So to me, it says that also in their cap. And we looked this up and, you know, Eric Pink has updated the cap, his cap sheets on basketball insiders two days ago. And I know that because I was sitting next to him and he was telling me how he does it. And it's pretty complicated. <laughs> it's just, he knows like so much stuff about this. And uh, that's why they call him the cap expert. And Atlanta, they bought out Jamal Crawford, and they're going to pay him $14 million, according to Eric Pink's Basketball Insiders. It's an, it's an estimate of what they're going to pay, and they're going to pay him $14 million. They're going to eat that this year. And so unless they do, like, some sort of poison pill contract, like, you know, they remember those contracts they did with, like, Tyler Johnson and Jeremy Lin and Omer Ashik. And, you know, remember those where they had, uh, you know, tiny dollar amounts, at the first couple years and then huge dollar amounts of the last two years. And even Chandler Parsons, I think had a deal like that. Um, and so unless they do something like that, they only have $10 million next season or this, this upcoming season to sign a free agent from at least just from my perspective and my limited cap knowledge. So it looks like Atlanta is out of the running, but you think differently. Well, I just don't, I'm not for sure about that. Jamal Crawford stuff. It's just, I'm not totally 100% sure about how much they're paying. We're we are basing it off of Basketball Insiders and Pink Pinkus is is chart, but it's just kind of it's like grayed out and I don't I just want to know exactly what their cap looks like. I think if they had the money, I think you I think I would definitely do it if I'm Atlanta. I, I don't care about Plumlee. Deadman's cool, but like you're talking about I, I think Nerlens is better than both and if you could get him and get him to a big number then 
Atlanta's not winning anything anytime soon. So I don't think they would care to say, okay, well we're we have 17 million or whatever it is tied up in Plumlee and Deadman. Uh, we can't, you know, get a potential franchise center in Nerlens because we're paying them. No, I don't, I don't think that would be I think they would I think they'd pay him in a heartbeat if they had the cap right now, but or at least I would. Obviously, they think differently or they already would have. But if you're Atlanta, since he's a since he's a restricted free agent, you're basically trying to outbid the Mavericks and and get them to a price point that they would be uncomfortable with and not sign. And so for them to get to that spot, you would have to give him max money, which is twenty five, twenty six million dollars. And even if, even if, uh, even if Jamal Crawford's not even on the books, if that fourteen million isn't even on the books, they don't even they only have twenty four million. So to me, I just I think that they're out because if you give Nerlens twenty four million and that's your offer, the Mavericks are going to match it. Yeah, well, I mean, even if he gets, what's the biggest difference if somebody maxed him out at twenty five and Atlanta offers him twenty four? I mean. I don't. I don't think it's like okay. Well, if <laughs> it's twenty four, what's the difference? A million dollars. Yeah, but I'm saying like if it's, <laughs> it's so like funny. I don't. I don't think it's like okay. Twenty four. We're definitely matching twenty five. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, I, I think they're gonna match either way. It's just what they would prefer. Right, 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 right. And that that goes back to what this whole conversation about Nerlens Noel is about. It's about. It's not about whether he's going to come back or not. He was there. If he's not, if he, he was there at the game tonight, he's not coming to the game tonight. If there's a chance that he's not going to be with the team, or he, if he's thinking about signing somewhere else, you know, like that's not what the conversation is. Conversation is just about how much money Nerland is going to sign for, and what's the flexibility of you know look like, and what's that contract look like years down the road. Because there is this possibility that Nerland Noel signs this max deal or this big deal, twenty million dollars a year, and he becomes like Chandler Parsons, right? Like he's he has injury history. And you know he's a guy that is not super built, and you know he's he's thin, and he you know plays down low. But what if he gets a uh, you know like a a Boban Marjanovic elbow to the you know the the chest, and he falls down, you know like twists his knee or something like that? Like don't he's you be, cast this omen on him? I'm Nick. just saying, I'm just saying he's going to be banging down low with with some guys, and you know stuff can happen. And so at this moment in history, we hereby declare. That if something happens to Nerlens, it is Nick's fault. I will Sotnam shame myself. That's on, what's, uh, Ju- on July. We're recording this on July 11th. We will play this audio back, and I will Sotnam shame myself. But I'm just saying that that's a possibility. So we don't want the like the, the contract. We don't want the contract to look insane or be like a Chandler Parsons contract. If the lower you can get the amount, the better for you know, the team going forward. That's just, that's literally just the only conversation we're having because, you know, there's injury stuff. Then there's also just, you know, future conversation. We've had like 15 <sighs> times, 15 times. Because we're sick and tired of it, man. Like I'm tired of talking about Nerlens because I mean, we love it. We love I, him. We want him back, but I'm tired of talking about Nerlens' contract. I'd love to talk about Nerlens, the player, but we haven't had any games since we started this podcast. So <laughs> we're kind of yeah. stuck there. And I, I'm not sure people want us to like go back and watch games and, and talk about just the X's and O's from games that were played months ago. I just don't think that's something. I just don't think that's t- – tweet us. Tweet us at no. Nick Van Exit, at Isaac Harris NBA, if that's something don't you want you, us to do is to go back and watch Don't you dare tweet games. me with that crap. I got more important things to do in my life than look at – Dallas is you know thirty three season and break down X and O's in the third quarter of Nico running a corner three. All right, so before we move on from the Nerland stuff, and I know I know we talk about it all the time, but there just was some movement on it, and uh, Tim Cato from SB Nation, who is not with Moneyball anymore, by the way, I don't know, I'm not sure I'm breaking news there, but he is full time SB Nation, and he said that you know from league sources or around the you know around the NBA, he says that that. Nerlens and the Mavericks are not close on a contract. And so you take that and you say, well, how could they not be close? <laughs> that was the question that you asked me as soon as we brought it up. How, how can it not even be close? He was at the game tonight. You know, they, they have to know. They have to know something. They have to be somewhere. Wouldn't he be frustrated all this to all these questions that you ask? Well, yeah, but he could also, his agent could be taking care of all the financial stuff. And his agent could be taking care of all that. Nerlens could have no idea where it is. <laughs> you know, like he could just be hearing bits and pieces from them. They could be, you know, a couple million dollars difference, and they're just trying to negotiate, you know, that difference. Well, I like Tim. I do. And I, 
I'm just giving my personal opinion on this. So obviously he's making his report. He knows his sources. He knows his people. But he's not fish. No comment. <laughs> anyway, so like here's my thing. I think about what if you're, you know, if you if you have your your job, what whoever you, whoever's listening, and wherever you work, and you have this, you know, you have this raise coming up, and you you're t- you have your boss but at work. Your boss tells you. You know, you're not gonna get the raise. This, like this is what we're gonna pay you, and it's nowhere close to what you're what you're gonna you know what you're looking at, and it's nowhere close to what you want. It's you're kind of frustrated because you know, you're like, hey, I want to stay with the company and stuff, but he's not, he's not giving you anywhere close what you want to you know what you think you're worth or what you want to get paid. And then let's say later on that night, the boss and some people are at 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 this bar. They're hanging out. And it's your choice if you want to go or not. Like, they invite you and stuff, but you have this, like, you're nowhere close to this, you know, terms on your raise and all this stuff. Are you going to go? I'm not going. Like, I ain't going to go hang out with my boss that's not going to, that's, you know, super far, nowhere close to, you know, giving me what I I think I'm worth, what I want, what of, you know, the raise that I want, the money I want. I'm not going to go hang out with him. I'm mad. Like, this is the money I think I'm worth, and you're not you're not even getting close to what I think, you know, my number should be at. So, I'm just saying, like, if they're nowhere close, why 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 does Nerland show up? And if he like he shows up, and he, you see him with Cuban, you see him, you know, with the team, and like all this stuff. Like, I don't know if I don't know I don't know. It just it's kind of like one plus one equals two. Like, I just it just don't add up. Of if they're nowhere close, why? Why come? You know, like not only come, but you, you're hanging out with the team, and you're like all joking, like with everyone. It was like the whole staff and everything. So, and, I don't and know. yeah, and it, why do you go out of your way to go all the way to Vegas? <laughs> you know, yeah, like so. I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously Tim has his people, and he's you know, whatever. So there is, you know, Tim has some truth to that, I guess. But I don't, I just it, it don't make sense to me if. I don't know. I I think they're closer than than that. And and the part of it could be could be it's not necessarily what Tim is saying is is wrong, but maybe somebody told like somebody actually told him that and they were, you know, doing a smoke screen. Like maybe it was just some sort of thing or that's where that that's the last time that person heard about the the topic cuz he's at a league source. So that could be anybody. That could be like a, you know, uh, executive from another team that could be like a scout on another team that could just be like somebody from another team that just heard from hearsay, you know, and, and teams are talking all the time. They're talking about what you think about that guy, what you think about this guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where are you at with this guy contract wise and stuff? And so they could be just hearing that and they could have heard that. That could have been like old news, you know what I mean? But Tim's hearing it now. And so he's reporting it now because that's what you do as a reporter. You report what you hear and you report what you see. And so he's doing that now, but that could be from, from before. So, I wouldn't freak out too much about that necessary that news and far apart. We have no idea what that could be far apart. Do you know the difference from the deal that James Harden wanted and the deal that James Harden was offered by the thunder? No, the difference was two or $3 million a year. Well, that's Presty. If the thunder, well, but I mean, it's, it's Presty's weird. It's Apple. It's, uh, it's, uh, it can apply to the situation as well. Like maybe that's the big difference. Maybe that's not close that, you know, New Orleans wants 25 million and they want to offer, they're, they're going to offer him, you know, 22 or 21 million. You know, that could be not close to in their mind, but mm. you know, for us, it would be like, that's really close obviously, but <laughs> yeah, it's, just at- all, it's all a matter of who, you know, who's saying it's not close and what they think not close. Yeah. And who, whose judgment it is. So it, that's what, that's what it's all about. That's all I wanted to get to from that. So, Moving on. All right, I want to share with you this JJ Barea story. Okay, so I have I have a source from JJ Barea's team in Puerto Rico that he coaches, and there was an incident. They are in the middle of the of the, of the playoffs right now. They're about to be eliminated from the playoffs, and they had a game tonight, I believe. We're, this is we're recording this on a Tuesday, and the guy told me that they had a game tonight, which is kind of crazy because JJ was in Vegas. <laughs> And the reason why JJ was in Vegas and not coaching the team is because it's not going super well right now with their team. This team was in a really tough playoff game, a really heated playoff game. And JJ was on the court about to get his second technical. And he is, 
he is on the court. He is fired up. There's video. I, I haven't really looked for it here, but the guy showed me this video. That there's video of JJ, you know, on the court being a coach, you know, being a coach and, and yelling at refs and blah blah blah. And then the owner of the team comes up behind JJ, and there's a ref in front of JJ, and he does a right hook around JJ and hits the referee in the back of the head. What the heck? The owner comes out. That's like Cuban comes out. Of, you know, like that's if that like can you imagine if Cuban gets out of the stands, runs around Rick Carlisle and punches punches a ref in the head. Like he showed me that video and I just didn't even believe that it was true. I just my mouth was literally open and I was just saying, Wow. So JJ is still planning on coaching the team. He still wants to stay, you know, a couple years. The you know, the guy told me that he wants to, you know, coach and he's doing you know, he's doing pretty well there in the playoffs, but they're about to be eliminated and so he likes coaching. He's a you know, a pick and roll kind of guy. He's just like he plays. That's how he coaches. And so, I just thought that that was crazy, and that it applied obviously to JJ Barea and what he's doing. So, I'd be with, down with the Cuban punch and Joey Crawford. No, Crawford would fall down. That would be sad. I wouldn't. So that's the story on JJ. I just wanted to share that with you guys real quick uh, because I thought that that was just crazy to think that. And I'm sure it's somewhere out there in in YouTube land. So if you find it, tweet it at us. YouTube land. So do you want to talk about Jerry Stackhouse on the little post real quick? Uh, yeah, we'll just mention it real quick. You know, he just he Stackhouse seemed Stack seemed really salty the whole the whole the whole episode. And from his time, you know, he spent time with a lot of different teams. Yeah. And there were numerous situations where he talking about how he, he was still kind of upset, I guess, because he didn't get All Star games and. He talked about playing for Rick in Detroit and how Rick asked, you know, was wanting him to be a system player and to sacrifice and stuff. And he was like, I could have been, you know, averaging 25 a game, making all-star games. And, you know, Rick asked me to sacrifice and be his team player. And he got coach of the year and so-and-so got six man or whatever it was. And, you know, we went to the finals all of a sudden. I'm like, you had success, man. Like, right. it's like, he's still salty that he like didn't get his like personal gains and, I don't know. So he, he talked a lot about, you know, different stuff with that. He talked some about his time in Dallas and, you know, the whole like Devin George trade situation and even his beef with Devin. He talked a lot about fighting and just <laughs> Zach Lowe was asking him like how he learned to fight and how, you know, he just... <laughs> and how Jerry Stackhouse claims that he never started a fight ever. And he was yeah, very, he... very clear on that and very adamant that he had never started a fight. Yeah. And, you know, when he first said that, I thought he was like joking. I'm like, bro, you're not even joking. Like, now, then I realized, I'm like, no, he really, he really thinks that he never started a fight. So. Really does. <laughs> but I mean, there was different things. He talked about his time in, uh, his time in Brooklyn, and I thought it was interesting. They said uh, Darren Williams and Joe Johnson absolutely hate each other's guts. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he called, uh, he called D Will a, a prima donna, prima donna. And, uh, and said that he a, mailed it in, said he and Joe Johnson mailed it in after in that, that last season to try to, you know, get a buyout almost, which yeah, they ended up, so, which they ended up happening, which D will, you know, D will had beef with Jerry Sloan in, in Utah. And, you know, so that kind of stuff followed him to Brooklyn. And then he was just talking about D will and stuff. And I guess he was asked or something, something came out to where he was asked about, about Darren. And then, he had told this reporter something. They printed it. Darren saw it and got all upset and was like, why did you say this stuff about me and all this different stuff, whatever. But I don't know. It, I think if you're a, a diehard Mavs fan, I don't know if it's for the casual fan, but if you're a diehard Mavs fan, I think I would, I would listen to it. There's just different things. Uh, if I think at one point Zach Lowe asked him to, like, who would be your starting five of players you played with? And he started off with Dirk. And then he went to Grant Hill, and he played with Jordan when Jordan was like forty in Washington. Yeah, and he so, names Ben uh, Wallace as a center too. I thought that was interesting. Dirk and Ben Wallace are like the two most different people and players that I've ever love. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace but, was like undersized. Dirk was technically oversized for like his you know his skill set, and like Ben Wallace is this like really athletic, like a muscular guy. <laughs> <laughs> blocks you know tons of blocks and rebounds and can't shoot anything it's like who's more different than ben wallace and dirk yeah but yeah i mean I, I would give it a give it a listen he talks about rick some he i don't know if he talks about dirk as much i don't think he did no no but. he did talk he did mention rick carlisle a lot and how it how he you know some players on the team wanted to impress the new coaches that were coming in i think he was alluding to devin george in that <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Definitely uh, talking about Devin George in the pod. So, um, yeah. Also listen to Chris Mannix in the Vertical Podcast today. Him and uh, Michael Lee. They talked about uh, they talked about Dirk some on the pod, and it's pretty cool them just talking about how stuff that you've you've seen plenty of people write about over the past like month or so about just how Dirk was the last like superstar to win without a super team and how unique that was and if we'll ever see that again and just everything with that and I don't know they talked a little bit about it not too much but they spent a, a little segment talking about it but also want to say this. I talked to, at the moment you're listening to this, I have a story coming out on Wednesday. And so you listen to this probably, a lot of people's listening to this Wednesday morning, but I have a piece coming out. I'm not going to say everything with it, but I talked to Nick DePala today from the vertical. Oh, and from, the shoe guy. From Nice Kicks. You know, I'm a big shoe guy. I wear a lot of Jordans, have a decent collection, used to work for Nike. Dennis Smith is not signed right now, and uh, so just getting an update on Dennis Smith right now. And I'll just say, you know, Nick said that and this is—it's kind of cool. I'm—I'll put more stuff in this in the actual story that's coming out tomorrow or today that you're listed on Wednesday. But that you know, Dennis is betting on himself, and every top ten, every player in the top ten yep. right now is signed, and except for Dennis Smith. So actually, to, to after, a shoe deal. Yeah, so so to a shoe deal, and uh, you know, Fultz already signed with Nike, and a bunch of different people marketing. Even you know, Donovan Mitchell signed. Wait, where did put. Lonzo sign? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so anyway, Big yeah. And, so Dennis Smith Jr. is the last one, and he was talking. You know, he told me he's like, you know, he's betting on himself in summer league, like how. It's kind of what you've been saying all along. It's just summer league. You know, it's not not just summer league, but for for guys like him, he's betting on himself. And that's why I was saying like this morning, I was going to tweet it out, but whatever. And I just got busy of like, I think he's for sure going to play in summer league because even talking to Nick today from the vertical, like that, like he's playing for a shoe deal. Like he's as far as he's betting on himself that he's going to go into. He has deals on the table right now for for shoe deals from brands. And he's he's he wants to go into summer league and say this is who I am like up your up your dang offers so and he and Nick cited Damian Lillard and how that happened in 2012 also and he, I'm looking at the email we we emailed back and forth with it he actually tweeted a few things out about it too uh, right after we talked and I was like dang we we just talked about this and but. So anyway, he talked about Damian Lillard because because Lillard uh, actually did the same thing and bet on himself in the summer league and all this stuff, and then obviously that worked out well because he signed with Adidas after that. Now he has this massive Adidas contract and all the he won I think co MVP of the summer league and all of that. So and the Mavericks are three and zero right now, and they have a bye, and they're going to keep playing. And if he you know keeps going like this, and if they win the whole thing, that's your that's your summer league MVP. Yeah, I want to see where he goes. I'm obviously Team Swoosh. I want him to end up uh, with Nike or Jordan. I think Jordan Brand would be kind of cool too. Uh, but I don't know. Don't go to the three stripes, and don't go to Under Armour. If there's a Dennis Smith Jr. signature shoe, I'm getting it. That's it. Uh, probably be a while. Well, nobody gets signatures right now because there's only there's only four. Yeah, Kobe retired, so I was still working with Nike whenever. Kyrie became a signature athlete and that was like huge when that came down our like system and I'm like whoa like making him because at the time Nike only had three signature athletes that was KD LeBron and Kobe and then Kyrie jumped into that that foursome there and I'm like what the heck and now the most recent one was Paul George and so a bunch of people have PEs and player exclusive shoes with their own like little logos and all that stuff but signature athletes it takes a while, so I don't know. I want to see what Dennis if he you know he'll he'll probably have some PEs this year on uh, some different shoes. But now I'm getting like really nerdy with shoes. But yeah, I had no idea that there was a difference between that. I just felt like everybody has a shoe. Oh, I I, I love uh, I love me some shoes. Kind of like what Dirk Dirk likes to wear um, uh, like hyperdunks. He likes to wear hyperdunks a lot, or he used to back in his career. So a lot of players like find these you know different shoes as long as it's not a signature signature shoe like lebron's or kobe's or something like that and they find like 
it's not a generic, but like a Nike Hyper Dunk, and they like to play in that, so they put their logo on the tongue or whatever it is. And it's not a signature shoe, but it's a PE because they have their logo and they'll have their different colorways and all of that stuff too. So, and are those available to the public? Um, not all the time. Sometimes they are. It just kind of depends. It's it's kind of weird. Like you're not gonna see, uh, you're not gonna see a PE on the on the shelf. And a lot of players, they're not. Almost all of them, they're not. Like you're not gonna find a Dirk, a Dirk shoe sitting on a shelf with his logo on it. That's just because a lot of times that's just what Nike does for you know for them to wear on the court. But signature signature shoes, you obviously see on the shelves everywhere. But that's big time money right there, even at Walmart. Because like Kawhi, you know, so for you know like Westbrook, Westbrook's Westbrook's a signature athlete, but he chose for his signature shoe to be a like a stylish shoe and not a basketball shoe. So he wears, you know, he wears whatever the latest Jordan that comes out, the 29 to 30, and they put his logo on that shoe. Kind of like what Kawhi Leonard does. Like Kawhi, you know, th- none of them have a signature like Jordan. Like they all wear the latest Jordan, but they have their their logo on that Jordan shoe. So if that kind of makes sense. It does. And that was very shoe nerdy. So you, got, I got to do my summer league you know, dropping names and you got to do your shoe nerdy stuff. All right. Before we end here, let me just give out the Sodom shame for today. It's different. A lot of times for the Sodom shame. And most of the time it has been people sending us in, you know, really bad trade proposals, really bad free agency plans, really bad off season plans, really bad rosters. Just, just things that would never even make sense ever. This time it's the GM of the Mavericks, Donnie Nelson. He's on the broad. Oh no! He's on the broadcast, and he is asked about Dennis Smith Jr. and he's asked about you know his skills and everything. And he says about Dennis Smith Jr. and let me just all remind you. And I, I referenced it earlier in this podcast. Let me just all remind you that Dennis Smith Jr. the tweet that was retweeted a, a thousand times, you know, draft night for him said, "Everybody has their God-given talents, but mine is just slanging this wood in my pants." And, you know, Cuban referenced it in the interview that he had. And he said, we got to take that stuff down. I'm pretty sure it's taken down now. And Donnie Nelson gets on the broadcast. And we'll end with this. Donnie Nelson's the Sodom Shane because he gets on the broadcast and says, Dennis Smith Jr. has a real nice package. And that's your Sottenham shame of the day, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on Locked On Mavs. Hashtag Team Slangin. Keep tweeting us at Nick Van Exit at Isaac Harris NBA. Thanks for the reviews. We've gotten a lot of them recently. Just wanted to thank you guys for doing that. Go to iTunes if you haven't. Comment. Leave five stars. We really appreciate it. And uh, leave it on iTunes, not Reddit. Yeah, leave it on iTunes. Reddit doesn't really help us too much. I hate and, Reddit, uh, and we appreciate it. So thanks so much, guys. Peace out. Boom.